On this episode, John and I kick off season three of the Faded Golf Podcast. We talked a lot about uh, catching up on golf, uh, U.S. Open, what we think, uh, where we think the game's going as it relates to the pro level. Uh, we give a nice little review to Victoria National, and we end our uh, our show with uh, tasting some Colonel E. H. Taylor small batch bourbon. Hope you guys enjoy it. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Gosh, I can't even do this. We've taken so much time off. Welcome to season three. What's it been, two weeks? Yeah, but we ended the season. So this is season three, episode one. Um, we, we try to end our seasons along with the PGA, even though we don't. We, we preach that we don't talk about PGA Tour golf that much. Um, we, uh, we, we end our seasons at the same time they end their seasons. What so. the hell happened? Oh. US, US Open, FedEx Cup happened, whatever. But have we, ta- have we had our a last, Our last episode, we talked about FedEx Cup and how we thought it was like, but dumb. But we haven't but been since the US Open. Right? Nope, we haven't. And we're behind. We've we talked are. about that. So, yeah, Good well, job, Bryson. Yeah, so Bryson, uh, probably the only the only thing to note of theirs that uh, um, everybody freaked out. They thought he, you know, ruined Wingfoot because of it, and he still only shot like five under par. And he was there were only two dudes under par for the week, so it's like he had a good week. People he had a good week. Yeah, people kept on talking about like how he did it with his driver and like how Whatever. much. Dude, he putted out of his mind. Right. He putted. That's why you how you win majors. That's how you win any tur- golf tournament. You, you make ball, shit. You ball strike and you, well. And, and you, you get putt. up and down when you miss shit. Yes. And he did that. He did. He got up and down a ton. Yeah. So I, it wasn't just you know him with the driver. No. It, it wasn't. So He played great golf. Yes. Period. He did. And, I mean, he hit down the stretch. This, that's the other thing, too, like closing it out. Round four. Down the stretch, he hit the shots when he needed to. Like he didn't, he didn't blast it into the fucking bleachers on eighteen, <coughs> Mickelson, and fucking blow his chance to win a U.S. Open. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing we've talked about, but I think it's so important. I just this year has to have an asterisk because not having fans there, New Weird. York fans. I, are you sure we didn't talk about this? No. Maybe it was pre. But New York fans. Yep. At a place like that with Bryson, yeah, they would fuck with him so bad. Oh yeah, it would just it would, it, it oh. would it, they would mess with him. And I, <laughs> it, it, you, yeah, I don't care who it is. I don't is. think it'd be as bad as like Sergio, but yeah, but it it, it can change outcome. I mean, guys that can handle that pressure, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of guys out there. And Bryson is probably yeah, he can handle it, but it, it could have got to him too. Yep, I just think not having fans there, it's just. It's not the same. It's made it different. It's um, not the same. It's like going to the, we have a World Series and no one's there. And yeah. What's funny though is that after every one of these majors that we always have seen over the years, they're always like, "That's the next big thing in golf." The truth is, is that there's never a next big thing in golf. The only big thing that's ever happened in golf is Tiger Woods. It's the only big thing. As far as an individual, Colin Morikawa, after he won PGA, where the fuck's that kid been? No, no. Well, 
So you like Shane Lowry one lap British? Do you think Shane Lowry's in the mix? Sure, sometimes, but I mean the only guy that people were starting to think the next big thing in golf was Jordan Spieth. He really was. They thought he was going to be they, they, right. Now he shot eighty one at the U.S. Open. Tiger just doesn't do that. Well, actually, shot eighty, but um, well, <laughs> because what, what, it is what, did, what did he think when he was coming down the eighteenth, thinking, "Man, if I could birdie this, That's I might break it." Club pro guy. <laughs> I'd love if we could get him on here. That would just be well, CPG. Would be great if we could get CPG on here. We'll send him our podcast and see if he'll yeah, get. You never know because when he, I just I quote him all the time when he's interviewing Smiley Kaufman on Friday. Of Smiley Kaufman's round at the Sanderson Glen Open. Hey, Smiley, what did it feel like coming down 18 on Friday afternoon with a chance to break 80? This <laughs> <laughs> is the best line. It's that a guy that's a complete, like, just douchebag. Yeah. Like, I wonder how Thursday Night Men's League went tonight, by the way. I don't know. We'll see. I love how Thursday Night Men's League has half women. It's <laughs> awesome. It's so good. It's great. And the names in the league, too. Oh, man. So, CPG, you've. I, I don't know how long the ride is going to be, but keep riding it, man. It's awesome. I think it's going to. I mean, comedy is. Oh, it lasts. Like, well, I mean, it, it obviously ebbs and flows. There's, there's stuff that gets replaced and. You but know, his you move co- on. But, but I think that kind of stuff is just it's well. He's got a unique character. It, that character, the character that he's portraying right now, you can't basically replicate it. So <laughs> material, he's got to come up with new material. But he does it. All he has is new men's league every week. Yep. And it's there's new material. Oh yeah. Someone taking a shit out in the woods or. <laughs> so good. <laughs> a, oh, man. A, a, a driver off the deck. Yeah. Ladies clinic. <laughs> Ladies clinic. Uh, senior ladies <laughs> driver off the deck. Senior ladies, but I I really do. I think he was playing with Victor Cothre. But I really just go back. It's just like you said. What's the next big thing in golf? I think you're right. There's only been one real big thing in golf. It was first. It was Arnold Palmer. Like I mean, Jack is great. He's probably the well, greatest golfer. Great, yeah, there's been great players. But the guys that made it, like the game, was Arnold Palmer was the first. Like I think. To, took it up a next step. Yep. Like publicity wise. But then Tiger just did a whole new thing. I oh. mean, without Tiger, golf is not what it is. No way. He's the equivalent of Michael Jordan. And, and maybe even more. It everybody keeps talking about this like second coming of something. And it's like, you know what? We don't even really need it. The game is solid. The game is strong. The players are better than ever at this point. Um, as far as like how consistent they are and quality. And the and the I mean and the the question then continues to become because especially when the leaders th- this is the funny thing to me it's like nobody ever talks about the guys that just barely made the cut or the guys that didn't make the cut and what they shot it's always about like what the guy that basically won the tournament shot or like the top f- 10 obviously what they shot and yet you know what okay yeah they're dominating golf courses they're going 12 to 20 under in some cases okay fine but there's 30, guys... There's 30 under for Dustin Johnson at... Uh, where was he at? Oh, that was ridiculous. Where was that course at? Was that in Boston? Yeah. No. Was yeah, it, it was. It was, was a it? TPC. Was it the TPC Boston? Yeah. He just freaking just tore and it And people have said, like, that course is not that easy. Mm-hmm. 30 under. Four rounds. 
I mean, if you're driving 30 on a, like a par 70 course, dude, right? I mean, it's not like he had multiple par fives to 30. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. But when these guys are on their game and they're dialed in. And they're putting. I will say, and it's not just the ball and the distance of the ball. This equipment is so forgiving now. Even like a, a solid blade is more forgiving than it was five years ago, right? So the clubs we play are, you can miss hit stuff and it still goes freaking straight. These guys are so good, they don't even miss hit them and they are just lasered in. They've got trucks out back that precision, you know, weight every single iron and shaft and whatever, exactly how they want it. They're on a track man with every single club fine-tuning crap, and then they send it back to the trailer, and then they tinker with it again and to get every freaking club perfect exactly how they want it. Sorry, but when you do that and you have that technology at your fingertips, like you're going you're gonna to probably hit more golf shots that are pretty good. But these guys, regardless of how firm and fast and tricky they make the pin positions or whatever, they still all can freaking putt. And it, it blows what happens week to week with these dudes, the ones that win, just like you just said with Bryson, they just make everything. It's putts. They make everything. That was, that's why, like, I think, yeah, like, Tiger, he always just, he could, he just putted, like, out of his mind. He, yeah. He was just incredible. That's why he was, that's why Tiger was so great. He put, he made everything. All, for mattered. a long time. When it mattered, too. For a long time. And for a really long time. And he doesn't make it like he used to. No. He's still a great putter. Yeah. One of the best ball strikers you'll find or ever see, too. Yeah. That, well, he is the best iron player to ever play a game. Phew. Not the best driver of the golf ball. No. Because he'd just try to rip. But if he was on oh. with his driver, you just couldn't beat him. Because he's never really off with his irons. I mean, you, the rare tournaments. You see, I mean, he could hit recovery shots like I could never... I mean, nobody could ever do it like him. Sebe. Sebe? <laughs> he could. Yeah, he really could. I mean... That really... That's a, Sebe was pretty erratic driver of the golf ball. That dude, though, he was a magician with his punch-out game. Elite, and, if you will. And just, he could get up and down from... Every, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Down. A great putter. Yeah. Another great putter. Great putter. That's why, that's why I admire like a, like a fowler who unfortunately can't close down the stretch, but the guy gets up and down from like everywhere. He's a really solid putter inside 10 feet. See, but I always looked at Fowler as like such a good ball striker too. Like, he just, I just don't know if he hit his like, whether it's a proximity to the whole thing or what, and he just, his iron game isn't that solid or what, what, just what a, his deal he's is. Just a, he's just a really good player. He's, he's just, just a great so, player. Right. He's just super steady. He's, he, pars are come very easy to him. He just isn't like a, Go he's low. A really good he's not player. a go low type of guy, right? He should be though. He could be. Like Hank Haney talks about him. He's like his talent level. Like he like how he ever shoots above par is, is beyond him. Hank Haney said that on his podcast. Well, he's in the middle of a swing overhaul, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes out next year. How old is Ricky? 31? 30. 30? Yeah, maybe thirty. Such a long time. Oh, he's twenty. Always. He might be twenty nine. He he's got to be thirty at this point. I mean, Jordan's only twenty seven. I mean, he's maybe he is like 31 then. We're, we're Googling him. Jordan's still 31. Great. Jordan's still a great putter. He's just, 
He literally said at the U.S. Open, he's like, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I'm lost. And it takes a man, it takes a person, a big guy to say that. Yeah. Like, I'm lost. Brooks Kepko wouldn't say that. No. He wouldn't say it, even though he is. He's he, he was lost. I, I mean, he can say the injury shit, but he was lost. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, like, dude, you're fucking badass. Dude, it's golf. It's golf. I mean, I was stuck. Hey, I I told you that over lunch today, or well, almost on my way to lunch today. Yeah, you were like, hey. I'm. I have no idea where the ball's going off the tee. I have no idea where the ball's going with an iron right now. I'm hoping it just has like a. It goes fairly straight or where I'm going. But, like, right now, I could go left or right. You need to go to your local PGA professional. <laughs> oh, I don't need to take a video of myself and post it, to, post it to Facebook and ask people to comment on it? I'm telling you. What if I've eliminated one side of the course with a guy that drew the ball for the past three years. Yeah. And all I'm doing is fade it. And like, you can work it both ways, and I can too. But I think we're both set up to cut. That's... I've been hitting the cut with my driver, but do you know the rest it's going to cut? My... Like, do you know it? Yeah. Okay. If you know it, then you got to play it. Just aim down the left. But why can't I do it with the other clubs? That's what's so weird. It's I think that has be, to be a setup. It, it. That's the only thing. I can has think. to. It be. has to be a setup thing. Because before I knew I could hit a cut with my driver the way I was like set up with a super strong grip, the way my stance was. Yeah. But. For me to hit a cut with an iron, I, I felt like very awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't. I felt like I had to do a lot to hit a cut with an iron the way I was set up before. So I, I just think, I don't think, I mean, your fundamentals are good. Like everything you are set yeah. up, I mean, your swing path is crazy, but it's, mm. it, you're, you're like, you're in to out. We've looked at it on there. Oh, I know. It's it, it it varies anywhere from three to probably eight degrees. <laughs> I don't know, but you repeat it. I do. All the thing that matters is repeating. Yeah, but if you can like repeat the shot, you want like so. What I do with the driver, and this is probably why I hit fade. I open my stands up like just a ton. So basically, what it does is it takes that into out and it makes it down the line. And then I just come in with a face that's slightly open. And it just, so it ends up being, it just ends up being like a, it, sometimes it even kind of turns over and it looks like a draw, but like it, sometimes it starts out just a little bit left because I'm just so opened up. And, but it's basically just taking that inside out path. And you know who, who did it? He's done it his whole career and basically is Fred Couples. He has that big, wide open. And he just takes it up and drops it in, and he basically plays this kind of like power fade. He's a freak. He's a freak. Oh, his hands are amazing. He's a freak, dude. He just his way he hits the ball. It's just it, it doesn't. It nobody, doesn't look, nobody it can. Doesn't, re- it doesn't look natural. No one can replicate that. No. He's he's kind of, he him and Bubba Watson are very similar. Yeah, they, they just they just their hands are so good. They just. It's I don't know if it's like a hand eye coordination thing or whatever it is, but they just know like. This is where I'm going to move the ball, and this is what I'm going to get my body to do, and they, they do trust it. it. The only yeah. the only guy I think that has as good a hands as those two, and I and I, you're a pro- we'll catch a little slack, but is Patrick Reed? His hands are amazing. Mm-hmm. He's probably has the best. I think he might have 
like the overall best because his swing is shit. It's not pretty. It's shit. His hands, like he corrects everything with his hands. He just does. His hands are like he. I'll give him that. I'll I mean, give you that. I'd have to. I'll, I mean, here's you the know thing. I, I don't. I don't study him enough because I just think he's a douche. But maybe I need to study Patrick Reed's swing a little bit more. It's his swing is not. It's it's just his hands. Like he can do anything he wants with the ball with what he at, at impact. The only other guy that has who had a uh, like could do anything with his hands was uh, Angel Cabrera. That guy had freaky yeah. good hands. Well, if you look at, I think, a lot of older swings. Um, so if you go back, before, we'll just call them before TrackMan, before a bunch of video kind of swings. So not your modern golf swing. Um, I think a lot of guys, like like your Lee Trevinos and your Arnold Palmers and your Jack Nicklauses and whatever, like just had like, they had this great ability to just square square the face however they needed to, do what they needed to do with it and make it happen. I, so, I got to read more about, like, Jack. Like, Chi-Chi Rodriguez. Jack was more, like, Dustin Johnson and, like, guys that, that the philosophy is, like, you get set up right, and I can just rip, get your weight over to your left side, I can rip as hard as I want. Rory's like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think... I don't think Rory's like a. I can rip as hard as I want. No, I think he is. How the hell else does he hit it that far? He's five eight. He has a sway in his swing. I think he uses a lot of his body. He does. He has a sway in his swing, and he is very timing based. There's a whole like a, a lot of athleticism timing in that, and he creates a lot of extra power with it. That's where I thought just what you're saying right there is what I think of Justin Thomas. No, Justin Thomas. Creates a lot. There's a lot of extra movement in his to create that speed. Yes, I mean there, he's using everything to push off the ground. And I mean, you see him; he's up on his toes. Yeah, but that that ain't gonna last. No, I'm and I'm actually afraid it won't last for Rory too. I really like Rory. I do. I think he's a good kid. I think I love. I think his. I think his swing is the prettiest swing, the prettiest. It's gorgeous. But I like it. But prettiest swing, gosh, I mean, yeah, it was always Adam Scott, but he's never in the mix anymore, so who cares? I just, I love Rory's tempo, the way he just, I don't know, especially Dude, when he, he, with the driver. It. He hits it so far, oh, too. Oh, he fucking crushes it. It's so high. Prettiest swing, gosh, that's hard. Morikawa's got pretty iron swings. Mm-hmm. Who's got the prettiest swing? I don't, I don't know. There's Higgs, Harry Higgs. He's fucking good, though. Oh, hell yeah. I mean... There's lots of guys that are good out there, dude. They're all good. Sean Bush, our guy we had on here. Fuck. He, he played with Harry. Did he? Yeah, he said he's just... He said he's just a guy that goes after rounds and just crushes Tito's, hangs out, then, you know, goes and does his shit the next day. I mean, Harry didn't look like, like a health nut. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a nutritionist. I mean... <sighs> I don't I know mean, how he's gonna. Last. He hits the ball incredible. He's well. They all do right now. All of them. There's not one guy out there where I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know how that guy's getting it around the course. Almost all of them are just freaking dialed in. I don't know. I, Other than Jordan Speed. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He's guy. not. He's that, not. See that guy. He, uh, dude, he tried to chase 10, 20 more yards, and it fucked him up. It, uh, yeah, he got. We, we had the fuck. He got married. That messed him up. Yeah. And the and the 10, 20 yards that he that somebody convinced Duvall, him. Duvall has that philosophy with that. And I think that's partly true. Yeah. I mean, which I think is dumb if that's really what he did. But that's what helped. That's what happened to Duvall he, as well. Yeah, well, Duvall doesn't. He can't. He can't even compare his career to to Jordan Spieth. That's it's not even a comparison. And, and Jordan's only twenty seven. Yeah. Like Duvall, like fucking fell off the map. Like uh, just done. Yeah. And it, I I I can appreciate his his you know his one major critique of Jordan. Jordan will come back. Do I think he's going to be like a guy who's going to win? 10, 12 majors? No. Will he win another one? Probably. I think he can. Because he's such a good putter. Yeah. When you're that good of a putter, yeah. he needs to leave. Will you? Would, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Do you think he needs to leave McCormick and his, and, and his, and his caddy, Mike? Like, So he's got his coach that, who, what's his name? He's a really good coach, that yeah. Australian guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then his caddy, everybody loves his caddy. But it may be time for like a little move. Yeah, he needs to take the change out of his left pocket, move it to his right. Yeah. You know, turn Ten his cup. turn his yeah, turn his cap around, you know, stand on one foot for a minute and and switch his fucking team up a little bit. There and there's nothing wrong with I get it. Loyalty, there's loyalty. He's so loyal. But and that's fine. But he's been doing it for how long? It's not working. And at this point, you got you got to at least change one of the two. Here's Pick a, one. It, here's the thing: like you, you've if once you've been like that great at that young, like you don't have a big window. Nope. He's got what another ten years? Maybe. Yeah. I was like, if you want to get you want to be great again, like you have to make some I, big changes. I'd I'd if I were him right now, I would shake it all up and I would go. George Gankus and be like, I'm going to go because he doesn't necessarily have like a very traditional looking swing either, but just be like, Hey, here's the deal. You get a, if a, if a guy can help Matt Wolf be successful, he's got to be able to help anybody. And it's not a, I mean, I think it's a good, he needs to do something, but, but just shake it up. He's going to like Como and Gankus. Right. Just hang. Como and Gangas are boys. Yeah, I, I agree. I just wish he'd do it. He just has to make a commitment because if he, all he's doing right now, you got a coach. Think about that. You got a coach that's just been looking at you for since you were basically a kid, and he can't. He's gonna. He's trying to like fit you back into a box of something that you were. It does it's it's clearly not working. You need somebody to come in like that. I guy. would change the coach before the caddy because the caddy. You you want trust if you if you if you feel comfort. like if you unless you've lost your rapport with your caddy now that's a whole different matter right like if you've truly lost your rapport with your caddy fine but it he hasn't he's, I agree he's with he's lost his mental game which is in turn lost his swing but I don't think you need a lot once you start seeing results nope. you start like All right, that's why I like Gankus because Gankus will be like. Do this, 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 that, you know, like do this. 
Like he'll tell you three different things. Be like, you're good. I want to try to get Jason Carbone on here, the guy that yeah that he said a couple things to me, changed me up. And he goes, this is what he said to me. He goes, he goes it's going to get really good really fast to me. That's what he said to me. And I was like, that stuck in my head. I was like, you do these things, th- like what you said, this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. It's going to get really good really fast. And that's what Jordan needs. Yeah. He needs confidence. He doesn't need an, he's not, he doesn't need a Tiger Woods swing overhaul. No. That, you know, Tiger, what, re- reinvented his yeah, freaking golf swing five different tiger, times. But no. nobody's Tiger. Nobody should do that. I don't know if ever anybody will ever be like him. Nope. Because you start reinvent yourself, you start you turn into Jeff Ogilvy. Oh, and then you're done. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> he's, was he, did he, he, does he play golf anymore? Nope. He doesn't play golf? He just commentates on some stuff. He gets interviewed a few times. I'm sure he's tried to play. But, I mean, the guy wins the U.S. Open. Somebody convinces him that his swing isn't going to hold up over the years, and he tries to reinvent himself, and now the dude's done. Is that what have Hunter Mahan, too? Remember how good Hunter Mahan was? I think Hunter Mahan, much like Jordan, a little bit shorter hitter, somebody convinced him, hey, man, you got to try to gain 20 more yards. And it... There were some personal things I think I had with him with his sister and stuff yeah, that died. Yeah, he had some issues, yeah. too. But Still, at the same time. He was a great player. You you see these young guys coming up like they are, whether it's DJ, Brooks, Rory, whoever, bombing these 320-yard carries and stuff. And I can't. if you're Tyler Duncan, who is carrying it 280, 290, and you're like, Fuck, that dude's carrying it 30 yards past me. Carrying it 40 yards past me. You can't, like, it's got to be really hard for you to, like, in your head to feel like, I'm okay with it, though. Zach Johnson has. Yeah, but. He's probably one of the only guys that has. You want to talk about a perfect tipping moment for him, though. Who? Zach Johnson. He was able to compete where the. The length game was basically all based off, like, Tiger's length, not necessarily everybody's freaking length, right? Like, very few players that were like that. So he was able to, like, compete and pick his spots where he was. He was able to be successful, like, at the British, Masters, strategy. And then now that the game has gotten to this point where, like, if you are 30, 40 yards behind these guys, you definitely are at a disadvantage. Well, I think he, the British, He's definitely not. I think the British, you can still compete at that. You can. Yeah. And the Masters. Well, and I think, like, at Harbortown, you can't. Like, there's certain golf courses you can. But he's okay with that. And he, he's accepted it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. And I think Tyler has to. He's in that. He has to Oh, be, yeah. Has to be. Because he's not going to get. No. He's not going to be. Tyler's probably like, I got to play at Harbortown. Um, I've got to. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go to Sea Island, and I'm going to go to, like, there's certain courses. John Deere. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go to the, I'm gonna, I mean, I want to play in all the fields in the tournaments where they're, where it's not as strong of a field, for sure. And then, yeah, I mean. Now, when we get him on the pod, which he said he'd like to get on at some point this season, which will be awesome, um, we just got to pick the right time for him. He's he's ramping it, up here for some stuff, length, though. So. Length is, you know, so you didn't, I don't think you played with us the last round. We took Sean Bush out here. Yeah, I didn't um, get a chance to play. And 
No, his carry is over three. Tw- it's like three twenty, three fifteen, three twenty, and he like he was on fifteen, um, and that's a hole that Mark and I know very well. Dog legs left, left. over a big pond, and from the back tee, and the carry very difficult from the back tee. The carry over that pond is at least two eighty to carry that pond. It's it's about I think it's almost from the very back tee. From it's, the very back, it's it's almost three hundred. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you see a guy that can hit a ball like that, but you just have to the, the, PJ Did George, he just course, take it over the corner? Like, yeah, he was 90 in on the back flag from the back tee. From the back tee. That's with a slight breeze into this. Into you. That's I was insane. like, when I watched it, I was like That's insane. It was dumb. Like when the tees are up up, that I'm definitely I mean, that's me, right? When the tees are freaking at the blue. His brother can hit it as far. Oh, I know. He they make it. They make an, they make an aggressive strike at it though. Like mm. I don't. Sean's not as aggressive. His no. is more like. Is it just kind of more and fluid. fluid? More fluid. Because that's what I see. Like when I go out and I've watched these guys in person and I've gone to these tournaments, it does amaze me that there's only a few. And there, this this kind of goes a little bit old school, and I don't know if this is still terminology that people use, but I remember reading some Golf Digest articles before, and like, are you a swinger or a hitter? And I don't. When I watch these guys swing now, I think mo- most of them are just swingers. They aren't necessarily hitters. There's a few hitters that so like Tiger to me has always been a hitter. Like he just kind of goes down and after it. Uh, Greg Norman was always like a hitter, like right. He like just had this. Ricky's a hitter. When I've seen him live, I saw him live. He make he make he does he makes an aggressive move with the ball. It is it is a hard swing. Yeah, and it's and it may be because we didn't mention his hands. Like his hands are fast. Yeah, they're not like I wouldn't say like so amazing on how he he plays them. They're so fast. He still looks pretty smooth. Like Rory's freaking smooth. I don't know. It, there's probably still this mentality of there's a swingers and hitters and whatever. But when I heard a ball come off Ricky's face versus like Kisner, and I think like I don't know who the hell was with him. It was just a different, different smack. sound, man. Yeah, different smack. It sounded like Scott Bush sound. Yeah. When you hear him hit the ball, you're like, what? And you're like, how did that come for you? He's not a big guy. You've seen him. You've played with him. Well, I would. I mean, we're just rambling on about nothing. Golf swings, but yeah, it's awesome. We're fine. So, uh, Mark and I got a chance to play um, Victoria National. Yeah, last week, last Thursday, Friday. A um, few rounds. Golf Digest top one hundred golf courses, number one course in Indiana. It's part of the Dormy Network. Incredibly. Fun and difficult golf course. Um, and we actually we walked it two times. That that I tell you what that was the most fun I've had. So if if anybody's ever been able to go out on a course that where you take a four caddy, and instead of driving carts and the four caddy like running ahead for you, what we did is we had the four caddy take one cart and had all four bags. They had a like a connector piece that went on the cart. And we had basically had four bags on one cart. Four caddy drove it ahead. And we basically just 
walked as if we basically had a caddy. It was awesome. It was awesome. So what did you think of Victoria National, Mark? I know it was your first time. It was my first time. Um, I think that is the most difficult five finishing holes I've... I You said the world. <laughs> I, I think maybe in the world. Like as far as five back-to-back finishing holes. How great are those, though, those finishing holes? Um, They're just great. Uh, you, it's what makes that golf course. You go from, like, to me, the front nine, it, it, they really ease you into that front nine. Those first four. First hole's not hard. It, the first four holes are very reasonable golf holes. The par, the par five is weird. The par five's weird, but it's not hard. It's, it's straight. Just, it's just, it's, just they, it's tricky. It's kind of goofy. Because they, it's you've got the blind shot to the green because just because of the way they've done the mounding, you can if you hit a good drive, you can get one way the heck down there by the green. But like, it's not hard. The one day or the one time I did that because I think we played the up tees, I freaking hooked my three wood out into the fucking ditch. So it didn't matter. Number so, four is not difficult. No, no, it's part. Isn't that part? The green's three? hard. Is the is that four par three? No, no. Four is another par four. It kind of looks. Oh, like it's just the short par four that kind of dog. When that left. when that flag is off on the funky green, but the, when that flag's on the top right, it's hard. I yeah. play. We didn't have the top. We only had the yeah. bottom left both yeah. times. Top right, very Re- difficult. Hole. Really, the first five holes, you yes, you can get yourself in some trouble. Um, are they necessary? I'm not saying they're all birdie holes, but at the same Number time, five like, that par three. Yeah, that's a tough hole. If Except you're playing back, do that. That well, maybe if you play back, but it's a huge green, enormous green. It is big. I mean, we played it from like 100. And even we played when we played the back tees, it was like 180 yards. So you're hitting, you know, what six, seven iron. I mean, depending on the wind, it wasn't like a ridiculous. To me, that wasn't like a ridiculous hole no. because of how big the green was. Now then, you get to six, which is the hardest hole on on the front nine. Yep, and I mean, it takes a really good drive, but it's a big fairway. And then one of the toughest greens on the golf course. It's tough. Easy three-putt. Um, I actually think seven, the part that par three, even though it's shorter. Um, is it seven, the par three? Yeah. Right? Even though it's a little bit shorter, I actually think that might be harder than, than five. See, to me, that one's easy. Well, but I was almost, I almost had a hole in one. It, uh, two, two, like one revolution, you're probably two, in, but two or three. Um, it plays shorter, still not as big a green. Maybe that's why you can miss if you miss there, you're more what, penalized. That's maybe that's what it is. I think that less less room for error a little bit there. Um, number number eight is tough. Number eight can play tough because again, you get kind of like a weird angle into that green. They did a really nice job of like protecting that green with the way. The bunker is up front and just the way that green is shaped as far as like because your approach is coming in from the left, but that green just looks like a narrow, you know, uh, strip landing strip, essentially, that you're hitting into and you're not really sure what to aim at. So I think it's and then um, number nine is is a is just a solid par five, just a Good. solid par five. Hard to get there in two. Very hard to get there in two. And even if you wanted to. It's so protected behind it with the water. Like, you're like, I don't want to go long. So you're trying to roll something up. Uh, so you get through, to me, the front nine, which is, I think it's difficult but fair, the front nine. And um, 
and then you go through... You go to 10, 10, par 5. It's hard. It's just, again, kind of a long par 5. One of the toughest greens on the golf course, at least where the pins we had to play it were... I mean... I think it's anywhere on that green. That, for a par 5, that was one of the toughest par 5 greens on the golf... It's I think it's the toughest par 5 green on, on the golf course. Um, as far as, like, getting to it, hitting it, <laughs> making your putts. Um, 11. Par 3. Good par 3. Really good par 3. Solid par 3. Just a good... I think it's the best par 3. It is. Yeah, still the I, big green. I think it's a... Big penalty to the left. But I think it's the best par 3... Like overall, now what's the? It's not the hardest. No, it's not the hardest. <laughs> we'll get to the hardest. No, it's just one. the best one because you have a bailout right. I like it's just a, it's a very fair hole. It's a good hole. You have a bailout right, a bailout area right. If you pull one left, you're in the big lake. So what? If you end up short, there's a bunker to catch you. It's just a fair par three. It I, and we'll we'll but keep going. Hole. We'll keep going, but the court. It's just a ball strikers. Oh, Haven. you like, have to, dude. You have to. If fair, you're not a ball striker, if you're not a ball striker, fairways and greens. Bye. Fairways bye. and greens. Goodbye. And then twelve and thirteen are similar holes. They're just two kind of shortish dogleg lefts. And they're good holes. They're fine holes. But as soon as you get through that, you're like, all right, I got through the front nine. I feel okay. You could be even. You could be even. You could be even, or maybe a few over. And and you're all the way through these, essentially thirteen holes. And you're you're even maybe a few over. Shit, good players, they might even be like under par, especially like the corn fairy guys, right? They're probably under par going to you get to 14, <laughs> and the course just sticks a big middle finger at you and says, Good luck now. See ya. I mean, you play the back tees on four like 14, you could take like a it's, double and feel like you got away with something if you hit a bad tee shot. It's a f- like a 500-yard par four. Slopey. With, with the second shot that's uphill 10 yards. So it basically plays like a 510-yard. And by the way, the green that you're hitting into is only like 20 paces deep, maybe. It's, it's tough. With... By the way, so yeah, you're hitting 10 yards uphill from the fairway that you're playing from, but the fairway you're playing from actually goes downhill before it gets to the green and then goes uphill. So there's this huge, probably, I don't know, what, 30-foot face that just blocks the front of this green. It's just it's, it's like a it, cliff. And it's, it, it's, it's straight. It's like feels like it's straight up and down if you have to trip off of it. Yes. You feel like so if you leave up. it short, you basically can't see the pin on this slope or at the bottom of this slope. And if you bail out right, it it's not an easy up and down either. It's the number one ranked among players hardest golf hole on Corn Ferry Tour. And it's the hardest golf hole I've ever played. And I and that that goes right, it's right up there with uh the 15th hole at Wolf Run. And the 15th hole at Wolf Run is just a gimmicky fucking bullshit yeah, it's hole. That's a tough hole. Um, it's tough. That's just. Uh, I think this hole's even tougher than number nine at Wolf Run, which requires just a, an amazing tee shot. This hole actually might be more fair than number nine at Wolf Run, but it's still harder. It, and, and Fazio definitely, that's like his signature, that hole. Yeah. I mean, that's. It's, it's amazing. And then, you, and then you go right into 15. Uh, the toughest par five on the planet. <laughs> 
Not if you end up in the fringe right next to the bunker on your tee shot three rounds in a row. Do you and remember that? I, did, you, I could not you, believe what, that. What did you lay up with each day? Six iron, seven six iron. iron. Six, six iron every day. And there's a big landing over there to the right. But I, if you don't get over that mound, you're fucked. You're fucked. Like the, you're screwed. So the mounding, the sloping, the, it's, it the is, rough, the <laughs> heather, the bunkering. It's a on great this, par the, five. The water on this hole. If you don't avoid all of that shit, seven. <laughs> it is such a six, good part. Six, you're a minimum bogey. What, what if? What if you're? But see, but if seven you, but, is in play. But, but oh, I think a bigger number is that because you go think about but if you go off bogey the tee. Made the best par I've ever probably seen. I I don't think luck. we don't. I don't he think got, he got lucky. On I that. do. I do. But like, I I saw it. How he punched out of that shit, down to where he did, and then just just make that par on that la- on that Friday that last round. It, oh. it was good. It was a solid ass par. So, I think it might have won us some money. That, that, that he shot seventy eight from the back tees, and I shot. I want to shoot that. Day. I didn't shoot that well. I shot day. like eighty five. I think I shot that. I mean, that was my worst round. I shot eight three. I shot seventy nine the first round we played oh, from yeah. the back tees, good. and I and I shit the bed coming in. Yeah, not bad. It's, well, it's easy to shit the bed. I did. I parred eighteen all three all rounds. I'd never finished eighteen all three <laughs> rounds. <laughs> never. We were jumping ahead of ourselves. All right. Yeah. So so, so but so. now I, but I want to go back. So fifteen. Just think if you have an errant tee shot where it's almost not findable. You go to the right. I I had one. That's completely lost. So you have to re. So you re tee, and let's say you re tee to the left, and you like, you have to hit another tee shot. Yeah, and that's not. It narrows up down in there. It's 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 a very difficult part. You could take, you could take a, an eight nine. If you have to re tee and you're not and you're not on your tee game, yes. Now, I for me, it did set up for our fade. Really well off that tee. I do feel like if you, if I had to pull, which I did one day, I blocked one way right, and then the next one I hit, I was like, it just kind of went right down the middle because you know, like, all right, I can straighten this out. You know, not a big deal. But um, playing the fade, but I, that, but then even your next shot down the hill. How do again, you get there in two? You have to so my, get over only, that hill and down. Yes, you have to basically. So there's this this par five goes all downhill, and so where the landing zone is is basically at the top of this hill, but then it all runs downhill to the green. The only way I can think that you can get home in two is if you truly carry it to the top of this hill and you get a nice kick that runs it basically that, down the slope. Yeah, because there's that landing area. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you've got it. That's probably at least a 300 yard carry, at least. To get it all the way as far as you needed to be, on the drive. On the drive. Yeah, because then, in, if you have a three hundred yard carry, you have about a two forty in. Yeah, because it would run down kind of to the. Well, it, I don't think it would run all the way down the hill, but it would run down enough that that. And there's a huge bailout area to the right of the green that I do think if you took a hybrid or a three wood or whatever, you could just kind of aim at the right hand side of the green and just put one down there. And then you come to sixteen. And then you come to 16, the hardest part, three which is next to the Island Green 
at Sawgrass. But this is hard. It's farther. It correct right. It's freaking two hundred yards yeah, from the saw, back tee. Sawgrass plays what, like one forty-five? Yeah, it's a wedge. This plays, yes, from like, the back tee. But we didn't play the very. We back We didn't one. play the very back tee. We still played it from like one eighty, one ninety, or two hundred. We played it from two hundred yards. It's got water on both sides, and it's it's not. It's a thin. It has green. water on three sides basically because there's a creek that runs in front of it, and it's a thin green. Yeah, and it's this narrow. This is probably, I would say, this is like a maybe thirteen to fifteen paces across. Maybe fifteen. It might be fifteen yards wide. Yeah, green. That's yeah. There's there's a little neat bunker on the front. You know, along the right. The, right, the that front was, right. That was. I think Fazio said, "Fuck, this thing's too hard." Yeah, we have to give that somebody an opportunity to not go in the water somewhere. Yeah, and that was it. And I yeah. went there with the last round I played when you guys I, went I went there. in in the first round. It's actually not a bunker too hard to get out of. No, it was fine. I mean, I had a good bunker shot out of it. Missed the putt, I think. <laughs> hardest par three I've ever, ever, uh, that I've ever played. It's, yeah, it's... It's it's the hardest par three I've ever played. It's harder than number eight here, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... And number eight here is hard. It's hard. Number, number eight here is hard without penalty strokes. This... You're basically guaranteed if you play like we played it. Well, you played it four rounds. Double. I played it three. You're you're guaranteed a penalty stroke one of those times. It's just gonna like if you're playing in a four day tournament, you're gonna get a bogey or double one of those days. No matter, you're, it's yeah, just gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Then you leak into seventeen, which is one of, I think one of the cooler par fours. It's actually a really great par it's four. It's so good. It's it's uh it's so hard. The, the 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 most challenging part on that one is not the tee shot. Um, you de- because of the dog leg right and the big pond. Coach shot is terrible. You've got to you have to pick like a line on where you want to cut off the dog leg, which I don't always love those kind of holes. It it does have a, a big enough fairway though that I feel like you can like pick an angle and not feel like you're gonna screw yourself by like rolling through or something like that. That said, your second shot. Because of the way they have the mounding and everything, you you basically have a blind second shot into this green that it's is hard. Easy. It's hard as hell. It's a hard ass green, and you have a blind shot into it. So uh, one, you got to put one. You got to pick your angle on this dog leg so that you cut off the corner where you want to. And then two, once you do, you're still gonna have a blind shot in. Okay, fun. Yeah, that was great. Not fun. No, it was a very hard hole. Hard hole. And then you come up to 18, you look at it, you're like, oh, my God. Um, this is the epitome of a dog leg on where do I cut off, how much, you know, where do I just place a ball. And um, I, 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 figured that, I figured 18 I, out, though. I think after I played it three times and put it in the water all three days. You don't or need All to. three rounds. You can play it left. I think you can play it short of those. You can play short of those bunkers left. And you still only have like 170 yards in, and so what? You take yeah. your medicine, and get the fuck out of there with par. Yeah, get out because the green's not that hard. No, it was it was definitely more of a fair green. But if you miss any bit, rides in the water. Yeah, so just, the right water all the should, way. I, I the just right discounted that pretty easy. Like you have no miss right. You can miss left, and there's super deep bunkers. Like you can be yeah. fine. It's just imagine that hole. And that's where, like, hey, I can make it on the PGA Tour or not. And that's what you come and stand up to. That takes some I'd sack. That takes pants. some sack. Like, look, I need to, like, par this hole to get on the PGA Tour. Yeah. 
think about that. That's pretty bold. Dude, that's awesome. That, to me, that's why... I love corn, that feeling. That would be the, awesome, though. Here's the thing, though. that For the Corn Ferry Tour to have this as their last event in which however many players that, you know, obviously at their top of that, like, make it onto the PGA Tour that finish that, if you can get through that stretch of those last five holes, you definitely deserve to be on the fucking PGA Tour. <laughs> I just, I would... I envy that. Like, I would envy that feeling to be in that position. Like, to be like, I'm getting on. To be like, I just parred 14, motherfucker. Yeah. And by the way, I I carried that fucking hill on the par five and got there, got home in two on the par five. And I actually hit that green and parred that par three. And I took care of 17 and I took care of 18 and I, I gutted it out. I just think that, Victoria, if you're feeling good with your ball striking. You're okay. You're you're going to be you're going to be like fine. But if you have any bit of issues, like if Jordan Spieth goes and plays there right now, I think he'd have a ton of time breaking 80. Well, one thing that I watched and admired with you last week uh with the fade that you've gone to is that I could see that you did not get yourself in too much trouble and you could totally just aim down the left-hand side, let that thing come back. The few times you pulled one, and you were in that left rough, I still pl- I could play. You were, you were. It wasn't like out of play. And so, for for the for the player that at least has one type of ball flight uh, that they know they can go to, I think you can get around that golf course okay. Um, I'm starting to believe that's a philosophy though for any course because yeah. Cousins, who I want to get on the pod, yeah, he listens to the pod. And shout out to Cuz, but he Cuz, was like club he, champ. He was he's like, look, that's his light bulb that happened for him. When he started just committing to the fade, he said, look, I I just I was trying to hit a stray ball before, and then he's like, look, I just said I'm gonna start committing to the fade, eliminate that so that course, and look, he won our club championship. Yep. I was trying to figure out what what changed for him. It was that. So, I mean, there's good thinking that because you think when you, you start knowing, like, look, my miss, my worst thing I do is a pull on the left rough. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You're not hooking it. No. Dude, yeah. a hook gets out of control. That thing, that, that gets in your mind because then you start trying to do little things that, like, you're. Yeah. And I don't think he ever had that issue. I don't think he, he's never been a hooker. No. I think he played. He's played a fade for a while. He's just always been. A but he's always tried to like be, yeah, really straight with it, right? No one can hit a straight ball except Webb Simpson. <laughs> so, what's um, what's coming up for our season? What's our plans this year, Mark? Well, we um, like I said, we've been uh, we've been talking to Tyler Duncan. We played with him earlier this year, so we're uh, we're he'll get we're on. gonna get him on here soon. Um, I think uh. Part of the other thing that we'd like to do um, this year is is continue to have more guests on, and and whether that's just uh, guys we know or people we don't know, um, it's going to be a mission of season three is to make sure we have more guests on. I think there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the um, just equipment space or even just like the uh, I'll call it the golf style space and some things like that. You know, just I, I think people are. Uh, into um, there's some there's some really niche brands that are out there that are making head covers and they're making uh, ball markers and some things like that that I think you know there's 
uh, you know, I know we've got our shitty T-shirts, but there's lots of other guys out there that have shitty T-shirts, and I just think there's, I think there's some interesting people in golf right now, and the golf, golf with as popular as it is, I, it, I know we've complained about it because it's hard for us to get a tee time sometimes. Um, it's kind of what we want it though, right? But at the same time, we've talked about when we started this, like one of our goals was to help grow the game. That's what like, we wanted. Um, it, we've we have a lot of the of a lot of our listeners are our buddies we play golf with here. Um, I didn't, you know, and we haven't necessarily promoted this in any way. And I think if we can uh, continue to grow that, we can continue to grow locally what we're doing. Um, I think that's awesome. And uh, if we can maybe, I, COVID's kind of fucked it up. I think one of our missions was to try to travel more and play golf in other places. Um, and maybe we can do that this this year too but 100 well we just did it last week we did so yeah and then we I just gave a good review shout out to victoria national it was yeah. freaking awesome yeah and, and the by hospitality the, was well, great conditions I'm was awesome i'm glad you mentioned that too i mean obviously the golf course we focused on that but i think the people there were great um uh the caddies were were great and the hospitality was great and awesome newburgh is just a phenomenal little town just a little 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 town little river little, town little burg little river town we had the landing at which did shout out to to the landing get those chicken and waffles on the menu <laughs> i think that place would be nice if you could like see like the if you could i mean i've seen it a thousand times but see the, like the river like a little bit like evening time i mean the moonlight was pretty nice that night it was, it was nice it was i mean it was glowing off there it was pretty cool it was good it's good good stuff yeah so um, cool well i know we've rambled about a lot of golf stuff. Um, who you got this weekend? Uh, I don't know. Was it Sanderson Glenn shit? I don't. I didn't even watch. No, I'm, I'm talking about pro golf. Who you got this weekend? Like, let's let's talk about other sports. Oh God! Well, shit. I mean, Cardinals won. Did Cardinals they? win. Check it. They had to win. They didn't. I'll be freaked out. They were playing while we were talking. Uh oh shit! Oh my God! We're gonna have to wrap this up here. Um. What do we? Oh my God! What do we got? Eight to nine. Whose cards are down in the bottom of the eighth right now? So uh, we're gonna wrap up the <laughs> podcast here. But uh, do you like the Colts or the Bears this weekend? Colts. Yeah, I think uh, that'll be pretty good. Wow, that's um, big innings there. Yeah. So I've been what I've been I've been trying to uh, hit the parlays here uh, with some online gambling. And um, I've been doing really well in the NFL. I've totally sucked with uh, MLB. So I'm going to stick with gambling on the NFL only. And I, I do like Colts pick this weekend. I think they, uh, um, I think the Bears 3-0 and is more overrated than the Colts 2-1. and That's just my, and maybe I know too much. I pick. Being, with it being local, but. What do you think, um. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Gosh, dang it. They had that freaking game wrapped up. I know, man. Sorry. You had to do it to me, didn't you? Uh, well, I didn't mean to. I was just like, well, let's talk about other sports real quick. I can tell you who I like this this whole weekend, though. Um, this is a tough game. This is a tough one. I, I liked the Broncos today. I think the Jets are fucking terrible. Um, and I'm, I'm just talking money line here. I'm not against the spread. I don't really pick. Uh, they're up two right now um, tonight. I like the Panthers at home. I think the Cardinals traveling, playing essentially like a 10 a.m. game. 
Um, I think the Panthers are tougher than most people think. The The Washington football team is going to get absolutely ravaged by the Ravens. Um, I like the Cowboys at home. I do think the Browns are going to make that a tough game, um, a close game, but um, I still like the Cowboys at home. And that's mainly because I think they've, they've come off a couple tough losses. Um, uh, we talked about the Colts. I like them uh, at the Bears still. Um, uh, I think the Jaguars, after beating the Colts and then losing two, will come back, even though it's on the road to the Bengals and the Bengals have played everybody tough. I still don't think the Bengals get their first win, and I think the Jags can take them. Uh, Buccaneers defense is playing so good that they're making Tom Brady look good right now. How does he get that? And uh, he's actually one of the worst quarterbacks in the league as far as like passing percentage and all this kind of stuff right now. But his defense is playing so well. They're giving him great field position, and um, I think they can take the bolts at home. The Texans are so due for a win that if they don't win one, regard and the Vikings, I think, are just they're lost. They're blah. They're just lost, and I think the Texans can win that. Um, here's my upset of the week because nobody's going to pick this, but you have the one and two Saints versus the one and two Lions in Detroit. Uh, I think the Lions come out and they make uh, Drew Brees look like a dipshit, and um, and they actually win a pretty key game, um, and and the Saints start to wonder whether or not Sean Payton and uh, Drew Brees are maybe needed to hang it up. Um, Padres just went up eleven eight. Oh fuck, man! So we're having a game three. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got Seahawks at the Dolphins. This is the this is the one very much probably like this Lions Saints that you could easily pick the Dolphins at home again because you got the West Coast team coming all the way over. But I still like the Seahawks. They just Russell Wilson is just fucking badass right now. He is just lighting everybody up. I just don't. I don't. I. It could be the weird on the road cross country type thing, but I just don't see it happening. I think Russell Wilson will be focused. He'll be ready to go. Los Angeles Rams will absolutely slaughter the Giants. The Giants are freaking they're worst they're the worst, worst team for- in football. The worst team in football. If you lose you lose your best player, which was the only player that mattered, Saquon Barkley, done. Season's over. Uh Buffalo Bills are so hot right now. I love the Buffalo you're Bills get, right now. You are getting into like like uh they will they will go into Las Vegas and be like Fuck you and your new stadium. We are going to just stop. Are Bills, you think they're that good? They're that good. Bills Bills are going to be one of the playoff contenders you don't want to play. Wow. They're they're solid. Nobody's beating the Chiefs right now. I don't give a shit if you have they're Bill probably Bel- gonna, They're probably going to get another Super Bill, Bowl. Bill Belichick coming in to Kansas City. Sorry, ain't going to happen. You're going to get chiefed. Uh, this is the other tough game, the pick of the week. Um, the Eagles have been playing like shit. They haven't won a game. San Francisco is completely injured. They have no idea who the hell is even going to play on that team. Everybody's still picking San Francisco. It is in San Francisco, so I'm leaning that way. But that could be a tough game. That's close. You play some bets on all of these? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I I parlay it all. And then um, uh, Falcons are at the Packers. There's no way the Falcons come in and beat the Packers. Just no way. I agree with that. So. There's my picks of the week. I'm going <laughs> to post that uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, you obviously won't be able to post the uh, Thursday game, but um, maybe maybe that could be a new featured thing we do during the NFL season. Yeah, I like it. Okay. We'll cool. pick them. 
All right. Well, we're going to get into uh, our, our taste testing here. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hang on just a second. All right. We're moving on to our beverage of the evening. Um, we have uh, – John, you picked this up. Where did you find this, John? Actually, uh, my f- uh, Derek. Oh, Derek. Derek. He, was he, he in picked, St. Louis? Or he, 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 so he had a buddy that was going through, uh, like, Paducah or something. Okay. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky down in yeah. Kentucky to grab – Yep, um, to grab some uh, some nice bourbon, and he picked up some E. H. Taylor. Love it, Colonel E. H. Taylor, small batch. Um, it's a um, it's from. I was making sure this. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's from uh, Buffalo Trace. Does it does it say it? Uh, I think you can't. Here, give me that. You go grab the bottle real quick. Um, but uh, I, I, I love, this is one thing, so when you're buying scotch, you find this a lot, right, where it comes in this, like, shipping tube kind of packaging, and I, I love that this, uh, this bourbon comes in the... Uh, Old-fashioned copper distillery. Oh, okay. I could have swore this was um, Buffalo Trace family, but it, 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 they could own it. Where's my... I'll just figure that out real quick. But it's been a lot tougher to get lately because it's really good, you know, sipping whiskey. It's taste the flavors. Well, we were we were talking about it before recording, and I probably five years ago I picked up a bottle of this for like maybe forty five, fifty bucks, and I was like, yeah, I'll try that, you know, just because didn't know what it was, and 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 now I think because of some of these better bourbons are basically so hard to find. Um, it's this fr- is one that uh, it's Buffalo Trace. It is Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace. I thought it was too. Um, now it's just it's difficult to find. It's yep. not as easy. It's it's no. I think retails like if you can find it on a shelf somewhere, probably sixty bucks. Yeah, but you're probably buying it like eighty or ninety right now mm-hmm. online. Um, but let's let's give it a whirl. Let's give it a whirl, as Gary V would say. All right, we're gonna try it. Neat. Neat. I'm sorry, I'm taking a picture, so that was pausing there for a second. Smell it. Give it a sniffy sniff. You're, another you're, you're Gary, not, your nostrils might be another uh, Another Gary V. So we're, we're going to give it a whirl. We're going to give it a sniffy sniff. Your nostrils might be clogged from too much chips. Oh, yeah. Dip. I had Mexican tonight, so, yeah, that was and a wee mac. You know, it's actually on the nose. It's not as spicy as some other bourbons. Gosh, just take there's a real, there's a lot of caramel in there. A lot of caramel on the nose. Just it's aged well. Just good. You know, but then when you taste it, there's more of those spicy kind of notes to it. Um, part of it's the alcohol. I think there's a little burn in there. It's a hundred proof, but but for that kind of proof and that, it's 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 pretty smooth. I mean, any bourbon has a bite. You know. I kind of wonder, like, you just put, like, uh, like just a, a drop of water in this thing, you know, or, you know, just a couple drops of water in it, and I wonder if that ends up, like, cutting it enough that... Well, try that. It's a lot different when it's... So now I got... Uh, yeah, so we, we, we tried one, a little sample neat, and now we got some on, uh, on some ice. I mean, a lot easier to drink, obviously. Um, but I you don't get you the don't, flavor still. You don't, yeah, you don't lose the flavor though. 
So I, that's why I kind of wonder if you even drank it neat, a few drops of water, boom, good to go. Very scotch-like in that in that sense in how you might drink it. Definitely doesn't taste like This is just a... I would rate this up with one of the best-tasting bourbons I've ever had. You know, and, and you mentioned earlier, you said before we did this, gosh, we should have brought a bottle of Blanton's over because we really like Blanton's. And I think that's just a completely different profile. I think your Blanton's is, is just so much sweeter, and that's why people like it. But this... It's in the same cat. It's in the same level. Blanton's. It's, it's got it's got similar quality as Blanton's. It's just totally different, different taste. Flavor. Yeah, but that's what I was wanting to compare. Like quality yeah. taste. What would you say? Like, what's your favorite bourbon to drink? Like my go-to or no, my favorite? Best tasting bourbon you've ever had. That's a really good question. When I had this for the first time, this EH, I had it like last week. I was like, I think this might be my favorite I've ever had. Hmm. I mean, I've had about every one of them. We've had a lot of them. I think I that's where they... Pappy, they I've honestly, had they, they blend together so much in my head that that's where I've just gotten to the point where we're down to the, well, what can we get for 50 bucks? But... Um, Bland's sticks out in my mind. It does. Um, that that Bell Mead, that one I had, yeah, that, that was good. That was good. The, um, uh, the Weller was really good for 40 bucks. The Willet for your rye was really good. Yeah, that's a really good one. It's we, hard and to you get. You know that Woodford s- small batch special, that's whatever good. you had. That was double oak. That was pretty damn good. And I'm a wood. I like. I'm a Woodford guy. I really like. I like Woodford. that. Like if if I'm out at a restaurant, and I don't want to even like ask them what bourbons they have, I usually am just like ah Woodford on the rocks. Good. We should just get. Um, we should just go and drive. Let's just say screw it. Let's drive down there. Go to Woodford Distillery and Buffalo Trace. They're right across from each other. Yeah. And just go down there, stock up on some shit. Sounds I, like a great like Sunday drive with, you the, just la- go? with, the, with the ladies. Yeah, they'd love. They just want to go down to the distillery. You think Whatever. Be like, hey, we're going to take a day trip to Kentucky. You ready? Or Tennessee. I think they'd go. Kentucky. It's Maybe. Kentucky. It's just it's right past Louisville. You're making a day trip. As long as we figure out something to do with the kids, like we take a day trip. Hey, we're going to go to Kentucky in the fall. Let's go. Maybe stop it. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All yeah, right. All yeah, right. So how would you, so would you gift this? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things about obviously finding some of these bourbons that are harder to find now is that, I actually would struggle to gift some stuff at this point because it's hard to find. Yeah, I, I think I've started... Not to be selfish, but like I'm like, shit, if you find one bottle of something, you're like, I'll share it with you. I'm not sure if I'm going to gift it to you, though. Yeah, I mean, like this, I would probably keep for myself if I found another bottle. Yeah. And what am I going to... Yeah, what am I going to gift? Probably like a Knob Creek nine-year rye that I can get well, off the shelf for 30 bucks, like easy... Well, you know what I what I gifted recently because it's actually been fairly um I guess I don't know if it's been that hard to find was the whistle pig. And and it's it's good quality. It, you can get it. You can get it. I think it's overpriced. I I do think it's overpriced, but what I what I, that It just, is good though. That 10-year rye is not bad and if you if you find it at Costco, it's only like $50, maybe 55 bucks. But Every liquor store you go to is going to have it for like 
seventy seventy five dollars, which is kind of stupid that they mark it up another twenty bucks essentially than if you found it at Costco. And then what I've been finding though is that they're doing like these single barrel or small batch ones for maybe another ten dollars. And then I then I kind of go, okay, so for eighty five. I can at least get something that's a little bit more unique than just kind of their standard 10-year rye, whatever. The 12-year is ridiculously overpriced at like $130. Yeah, I just don't get why they don't have, like, Whistle Pig needs like a go-to $30 or $40 bottle. They need to come up with that because, first of all, what's it from, Vermont? It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not bourbon. No. It's good. It's just rye whiskey. It's, it's good. It, To me, it's like kind of like, I put it on the same comparison, like High West. Out of Utah, yeah, it's good. Like High West has a couple really well, like good rise. Yeah, they're in there, and some of them are over. Like they had that campfire one that's pretty good. And then there's there's like, a lot of shit out there though. A lot of dog shit, like that Johnny Drum, but <laughs> that stuff's garbage. It's so bad, <laughs> but it's it's owned by <clears throat> Willet. Yeah, but I know, it's, but it's God, it is awful. It's garbage. The one that uh, like I, I so I got one out of um, Michigan that we'll try next. One uh, percent of all proceeds from it um, go to uh, assisting golf, which I thought was interesting. But cool. we'll we'll get that on the next show. I saw that. I saw actually, was it Johnsonville or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. that that's a sausage. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well. Uh, with that, everybody, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. If you can find some uh, E.H. Colonel Taylor small batch, we recommend you pick one up. Quickly. Uh, and send it to us. Yeah, and then send it to us. But with that, uh, go out there, hit more greens. You'll score better. Thanks. <laughs>